0: Welcome to the FMCG podcast. Make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five star review. It really helps us out. Enjoy the show. Hi, good morning. My name's Rich and we're Consumer Hub. And this is the FMCG podcast where we speak with the leaders today and hear their category insights and also their advice on leadership within the FMCG space. We're really excited because today on the show, we've got Mark Cummings here with us. Mark is currently the head of FMCG for UK and Ireland, and he sits within the global marketing team at Costa Coffee. Over to you, Mark. Please just give us a quick intro to you, your role, and what you're up to at the moment, if that's all right. Sure. Well, firstly,
1: thank you for inviting me along. It's great to be here. Um, So my name's Mark Cummings, so I head up the um, FMCG team uh, in the uk for um costa coffee so what that means really is i'm responsible for developing our business um within what we call the at-home uh coffee side so that's beans pods granules etc um and then also our ready to drink range as well which is cans and bottles things like uh what you can see see here so um so yeah really really excited to be here um give a brief overview of my background if that's, if that's yeah, that'd be brilliant as well yeah. yeah yeah so um it's been uh if I, if I go back to the start i spent about five years at the nielsen company so one of the largest uh, market research companies um in the world um where it's sort of got a really good grounding in terms of fmcg insights, data um, and brands um, and then from there I moved to coca-cola euro pacific partners which is the largest global bottler for uh, coca-cola in the world uh, by revenue and uh, spent about 14 years there in a variety of different roles from um, insights, strategy, shop marketing, innovation, um, commercial, uh, revenue growth management. And uh, in the last couple of years, uh, before I moved to Costa, um, was commercial development director uh, for the UK, um, sort of managing our, our sort of go-to-market uh, strategy um, and execution uh, across uh, all of the channels in, in the UK market. And then, as I say, last couple of years been a costa uh, developing the FMCG range, which has been been really exciting.
0: Oh, great! So you've definitely doing kind of every key rotation in marketing <laughs> in drinks. It's uh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I feel really interested. Yes. Uh, you must have been enjoying it then, if you've uh, been with it for that long. You must love drinks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a soft drinks as a category is a is a fantastic um, category to be in. It's you know strong growth over the past few years. Um, constantly evolving and, you know there's lots of uh trends that you're coming th- coming through like health trends, um and the functionality etc which are, are really coming through so it's always changing which i think is um yeah it's kept it exciting and, and and interesting and then the move to coffee uh was was kind of an extension of that so a slightly different category in, in hot beverages but um but definitely sort of transferable knowledge so um yeah it's been been great
0: oh brilliant yeah i gotta say he's one of the most uh kind of enjoyable parts of recruiting in the sector is just keeping on top of the in- innovation so we've always got um like a big slacks box and uh, drinks rich for the team so harry and they yeah. and in marketing they're always looking for something new that we've not seen before and then drop it in there and get everyone's reviews and it's, it's great it's just yeah. such a dynamic space but yeah drinks in particular is like a it's a particular interesting niche but how did yeah. how did you find kind of starting off in Nielsen um sort of opened up opportunities then to sort of build into coco into coca-cola because it's quite it's quite interesting that you've come from that inside agency background first
1: yeah. So I, I, I see it as a, a fantastic grounding. So I as ever, like I say, almost five years. And I, I think now looking back, um, every role that you do across marketing, sales, commercial, whatever, having a really strong understanding of market trends, analysis, the kind of levers that you can pull to, to manage a, a P and L, um, uh, is, it, is really, really important. So, um, so it gave me, a, it, was, it was a great grounding in terms of understanding the Different categories, understanding different brands, how they work, um, and had the great opportunity sort of working on a number of big brands whilst I was there. So I worked on the likes of uh, Unilever, Bacardi, Martini, Rekitt um, and and obviously Coca Cola as well. So you could start to understand how uh, how different brands operate and what the sort of commonalities and, and synergies are. Um, so so yeah, really really important. And then you know even today I, I, because I've got that kind of insight. Um, background and grounding. It's the first thing I try and think of is, you know, what does what the data say first rather yeah. than, um, you know, jumping to, to a solution that you think might be right, but it's trying to go back to, to the facts. And that's that's Nielsen that's, that's drilled that into me. Giving me that really
0: good foundation. It's great.
1: Yeah. The, the other thing I, I'd add to that actually is, is storytelling, um, I okay, think yeah. is a really important piece as well. So, you know, again, through the training that you have at Nielsen, um and I'm sure they still do it today. It's like, how do you take lots of complex data and insight, and, and rather than spend, you know developing 200 pages of of it and and uh, sending it to the client, you've got to really distill it down and, and boil it down into the so what's. And I think that's that's again something that's really important to me at the moment is you know how do you make sure that you simplify complex information um, okay. and and you know everyone's busy, so you know that's even more important. So that's definitely something else there that that. Uh, gave me a really great grounding in.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, just developing that kind of mental habit of being sort of focused and forensic in the questions that you ask rather yeah. than just hitting everything going.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's kind of critical thinking really is is the key thing. I think it help, helps you to really think, you know, what is the problem you're trying to solve and then what's the data and insights support that?
0: Yeah, yeah. And just for those that um, aren't aware at the moment, can you just give us a quick run through um, the kind of current take-home offering for, for Costa?
1: yeah absolutely so um so as i say we kind of split it into two areas um ready to drink coffee and, and at home coffee The ready to drink um it's a uh, still a relatively small category in the uk it's worth about 275 million pounds of retail but it's growing rapidly um, so it's been in double digit growth so um our costa range um is available in a number of different formats so we have uh, these these kind of 250 mil uh, can formats which are our latte range Um, We have uh, a new Frappe range, which is a recycled PET pack uh, in a 250ml pack format as well. We also have a double shot um, flat white product, so a kind of higher caffeine uh, offering. And then also we've extended into multi-pack cans and also a new 750ml sort of fridge pack, if you like, or a pouring pack, um, which we launched late last year as well. So really wrong range meeting different consumer needs and, and occasions because one thing that's really interesting in the category is um you know there's there's people the consumers that want uh more of an indulgence and a treat yeah um but there's also people that that want you know more of that intense kind of caffeine hit as well so you've got to mm-hmm. kind of make sure you bring to to cover a number of different bases yes it's interesting
0: and then, as well like the um how how many people um engage in coffee in a different in different ways like it's yeah. like absolutely. uh just, you know, even 10 years ago, it was very much, you know, it was americanos and fat whites, wasn't it? Whereas now there seems to be so many other different entry points into that kind of coffee category.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, it's constantly evolving as well. There's lots of different trends within coffee, which, um, you know, continuously sort of pushing the boundaries. And, and as you say, whether it's different flavors, textures, um, you know, strength uh, and, and kind of, you know, different origins as well, is it's really important within the, the coffee category. So yeah, lots of, lots of changes there. Which kind of leads me on nicely as well to our at home uh, portfolio. So, yeah. um, we've got a number of different products in the market. We've got um, our roast and ground um, kind of bags that you, you may see in the supermarkets and our beans, our coffee beans uh, for beans cut machines. We have um, a range of different uh, coffee pods. Um, so, whether that's Tassamo pods, whether it's Dolce Gusto or, or Nespresso compatibles. Um and then also we've got a um a really fast growing uh, what we call premium instant, which is a micro round instant coffee solution in a tin. Um, which is, you know, all, all you need is a is a kettle and you've got a, a really great quality Costa coffee um in your in your mug. So and that's that's doing really well. Got a load of that here just... actually. Really? Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah. It's um is definitely uh, a winner. It's a it's a great product and um it's definitely got some, some strong momentum in the market. And then we've really um just launched the pleased to sort of say that we just launched um some mixer uh, sachets as well. so basically a, a sachet format which you pour into a, a cup um again, just adds hot water and it del- it, it creates some uh, delicious salted caramel lattes or nice. uh, and and cappuccinos, so some really nice you know indulgent uh, sort of frothy drinks as well. Uh, and again, in an
0: instant, which is is great. Uh, range right Sebastian they I mean a lot of these really nice things about question. Um, like what is the sort of essence of the customer proposition for the Costa take-home brand then? Because there's a there's a brand, isn't it that sort of covers all those different occasions? Like what's the how do you sort of distil it down into a, a distinct proposition?
1: Yeah, so I think um, you know one of the great things about about Costa Coffee is it's the nation's favourite uh, coffee shop. for 13 years in a row, it's so literally just uh, been been announced the 13 year um, uh, award recently. So, you know, consumers love it up and down the country. It's got really high brand recognition, really high uh, brand trust and, and love. And effectively, as we see it, you know, we think about it as there's a, there's a number of different occasions um, within coffee and it's continuously evolving and consumers are interacting with coffee in lots of different ways, whether that is the high street and coffee shops, or whether it is a, a ready to drink um, chilled coffee, or indeed you know, at, at home with their kettle. And, you know, what we want to do is bring that kind of cost of magic to the at home uh, and, and ready drink categories, because we know that if we can offer a total coffee solution, a total cost of coffee solution, um, then, you know, people can access the cost of the brand on any occasion, uh, rather than, you know, just in the, in the coffee shops or just in the express machine, we can offer that sort of total coffee company approach. Um, and that really resonates not only with, uh, with our customers, but, but also consumers as well. Um, and you know, the way we think about it as well is you know, that those occasions that, um, perhaps in the past, we haven't been able to, to be part of, we can, we can also use them as a recruitment, uh, space as well. So we can bring people into the Costa brand through the at home range or through yeah, ready to drip. And then, you know, they, they may, um, you know, go into the, the high street stores as well, um, you know, for, for a slightly different experience or a different occasion. So it's that total total coffee company um, sort of ethos that we're trying to drive and being present across, across all, the, all, all the key occasions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that recruitment there because um, something that I've observed is, say, the, um, the younger members of the team in the office, I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm older millennial now, um, <laughs> they, they all love the, the RTD cans. And, um, but they've always said that's kind of in the entry point into drinking um, frothy coffee or a flat white, and then it's a yeah. syrup. And then some of them are starting to get into like, you know, the hardcore stuff. No, no sweetness. Um <laughs> yeah. But my kids are in the same. My eldest loves a coffee now with me. And he has it as a bit right. of a treat. But initially, it was very bit go right. and, you know, the frothy kind of sachets, like you say, there. And then yeah. he likes kind of proper coffee now. So, uh, right. yeah, but I just find that kind of um, sort of recruitment into different aspects of the category fascinating because it is very dynamic, yeah. isn't it, how you move through and enjoy and shop and experience those different segments?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and as you say, you know, it's something we see in, in the data as well that often, um, you know, young adults uh you know will will come into the coffee category firstly through ready Drink. um so that's their kind of entry yeah, point yeah. it's almost a, a move from a perhaps a milkshake um into a coffee flavored yeah yeah um, and then and then move from there so um you know rather than as I say going straight for a, a you know a hot coffee or, or a flat, uh, flat white or something so it's really important again from a you know, a brand perspective, to have a number of different entry points uh, into the brand and, and into the category. And, and Renty's and is absolutely that, um, uh, you know, that that does, does part of that job as well. And it's growing rapidly, as I say. It's, a, you know, it's certainly a category with momentum. Um, and, uh, you know, we're seeing that across a number of different occasions in-home and out-of-home.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, like, really interesting kind of um, trend at the moment is like QSR brands moving into that take-home space. Um, like what are some of the challenges and opportunities for QSR brands that are looking to to move into take home?
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, i think I think for us, I think, yeah, you know, going back to perhaps my previous point a little bit, is um you know we we see it as as a big opportunity. Um you know it's a an area that if you, you take Costa a few years ago where we didn't really have an at home offering we didn't really have a ready to shrink portfolio those occasions may still, or they did still happen, um, but Costa wasn't part of it. So, um, you, you know, it's very difficult to um, try and move, a, a, you know, an a in-home occasion first thing in the morning or um, whatever, straight into a coffee shop. So it's important to um, have an offering across uh, across those different areas. So I think the first thing is it's, it's kind of opportunity. It's incremental um, and it it doesn't sort of cannibalise the, the core business, which is really important. So there's no the kind of debate as to whether we, we should or, or shouldn't pay that as the it,
0: downside there is none. yeah, yeah
1: there, there is none. exactly and and again yeah. as, a, as i mentioned from a consumer perspective you know having that total brand experience is, is really important so so there's no downsides to it i think the um i think the the challenge if you like is you've got to as a qsr brand take it seriously and have it and, and have a strategy around it so yeah. um it's not a you know, FMCG is not a project on the side or a, something that that can, someone else can add to their to-do list. It's it's got to be a um, a well defined strategy. It's got to be resourced in the right way. It's got to be invested behind, and and you're building an FMCG brand. And of course, you've got some equity from from your QSR business, but you have to establish the the brand in the mind of consumers for different occasions. So. Um, so it's not easy. It, it's you know, it's something that that needs needs work. So that's probably the challenge is, is you know, for for any QSR brand thinking about moving into this space. I think it's you know, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's incremental, but but do it properly.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. That's great advice. Good. Um, that's what cost, rules for life cost, as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, But it's, it's
1: what cost has done as well. You know, I think um, in the past few years and um you know it's, it has been a defined strategy to you know to, to accelerate our fmcg business and you know when we've started to put resources and, and investment behind it we've seen that growth you know pretty much triple uh as a result so um so it's really important to yeah as i say um put some focus attention and, and really drive it
0: yeah 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 that leads me nice on to the next question actually which is obviously um the brand speaks to itself it's the nation's favorite you know coffee brand but um that you know you still got to then go and execute with impact haven't you Because so one of the phrases that i always like that all the alcohol um boys and girls use is liquid on lips and how unless the yeah. liquid actually gets on the lips then all the marketing doesn't mean anything like how do you make sure you execute so you get the coffee on the lips of the shoppers like what, what, what's the magic there sort of taking that big brand is making sure that nobody rests on the rolls and it actually gets into a cup and in the home
1: yeah no um it's it's challenging, right? You know, it, I think um, it starts with, for me, it starts with having great quality products. Uh, and I, I know it sounds a bit obvious, but it, it genuinely does. And we're passionate about the quality of our coffee. Um, and, you know, majority of our coffee comes out of our, our roastery in, in Basildon, so it's, you know, in the UK. Um, and, you know, the attention and care that goes into that uh, that, that coffee is, is really key. So it all starts there. Um, and it's making sure that every product that we develop for the market is you know it is, is better than what's on the shelf um and that's really again a passionate a passionate point for us so um so that's you know, we go through a lot of kind of internal hurdles to make sure that the you are know, really really top-notch and we've been recognized externally from you know products of the year awards and, and other right. awards um to recognize that that quality so i think it has to start there and all the marketing and everything else and activation that goes around it helps to um you know, get it get in in front of consumers, but to keep them coming back it's it's got to be a a knockout product. so that's that's off my first point. And I think the second thing is um, you know one, one of the things that um I, I don't know whether everyone's aware, but but Costa was bought by the Coca-Cola company um, a few years back. so we're part of the, the, the Coke family, uh, which brings some amazing benefits um and one of those is is working with um the the bottler that I used to work for coca cola Euro Pacific partners um, and we work hand in hand on the cost and ready to drink range for example to bring the bring the product to market in the best way possible you know make sure that we've got great distribution so that consumers can find us everywhere and the brands activated you know really well so we're kind of tapping into that um, skill and expertise yeah. um, of, uh, of the uh, Coca-Cola team to really make sure that we've uh, got impact in market and then similarly for, for our home products um, we work with a company called All About Food Limited, oh, yeah. um, who are a, um, essentially a, a business that that specialises in taking hospitality brands into um, into grocery. So, so again, we kind of um, leverage their huge amount of skill and expertise in terms of bringing um, green bring products to market, and and again, um, that really helps us to make sure that we're getting cut through yeah, in the aisles, in the shelves um, of of the UK retailers. So. I think partnership is is kind of is important. We also work with with JD Dow for our Tasmo range as well. Yeah. It's kind of a, a, a lock system, so um, we're a guest brand within that that system. Um, so I think it's just you know taking the knowledge and expertise of Costa in terms of you know the amazing product quality, um, the marketing and, and and everything else, but then also partnering with you know. Key businesses to help us um, in areas that you know we, we haven't perhaps got that um, uh, sort of expertise in house. So um, that partnership point is is really important for making an impact to market.
0: So as you remember making sure they really absolutely nail the, the the product and the partnership aspect. Yeah, so you can augment what you're already doing well. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. What What do you think makes a good activation in store for a a QSR brand that's moved into take home? Because from what i've observed just as a shopper just as you know joe boggs in the street there is a bit of a nuanced kind of difference between how you you maybe position yourself versus other other brands that don't have that qsr presence yeah so i think i think um i think the important thing is to try
1: and bring some of that um you know hospitality qsr kind of experience and and magic to life and um you know i think there's some some great examples of of how you do that you know sort of the coffee shop quality in the in the aisle you know that's something that yeah. um we tried to bring you see other areas and um, other brands you know it's restaurant quality if it's nando's or gbk or whenever i've seen activations in uh in some retailers um around the, kind of the restaurant moment at home as well yeah. so i think it's kind of tapping into um the uh the, you know what what people know and love you for first and foremost and you know we know that our consumers love Going into a Costa store, enjoying a you know a lovely drink served by a barista, um, and having a great experience. I think the more that you can kind of tap into that through communication, through um, uh, in-store activation comms, um, to try and recreate that experience in the home, I think is is where the the success lies. And I think more broadly, I think um, you know in terms of a- activating with retailers and and you know perhaps tapping into some of my previous experience at, at Coca Cola as well. I think partnering with with retailers is is really key so bringing them in early um and understanding what what they're trying to do and what occasions they're trying to drive and uh, because they're going after and and then also you know what you're trying to do from a brand perspective as well in in terms of transferring that equity into into the home um and i think it's just them working through you know together of of how you how you kind of meet both of the objectives and bring that to life in in a store environment so i think that's really important but but yeah i think overarchingly i think it's how do you create that experience that they love out home and bring it in home yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's to be honest it's very similar I worked in um uh, you know in the past on brands like Schweppes, um you know massive mixer brand in in the uk and again you know what you see is consumers love having experience in a you know a lovely bar and having a perfectly served cocktail with yeah. garnishes and it's you know sweeps can play that that role in the home as well so i think it's how do you you know recreate those out-of-home experiences and bring that to life
0: explanation. yeah 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 i mean and, and just more broadly speaking what, what qualities do you think drinks brands need to do to be really successful in, in retail
1: so um so i think i think for me i, I think what you know i mentioned it. I think in the beginning around soft drinks is constantly evolving um as a as a category. Um and there's constantly new brands, new products, new flavors and tastes that are, are coming through. Um so they're always emerging. And you know, you what you see is um any brands stand the test of time and some don't, you know, as as trends kind of emerge and and disappear. I think um, you know, if you look at brands like coca-cola who have absolutely you know stood the test of time and and you know still extremely strong and and growing stronger every year i think one of the things that you know i think thinking about that brand and, and other similar brands is it's constantly evolving um so it you're not staying still the whole time just with an existing product or a brand and doing the same thing i think coke is a is an amazing example actually of how taking something that's been around for over 100 years but then continuously evolve it so then whether you seen at the moment the, the sort of co-creations um uh, products are going out collaborations with singers um you know new tastes new flavors things which is and then you know also linking in with the likes of marvel and uh the metaverse and other things yeah it's it it's fantastic. the marvel stuff that i've
0: seen yeah kids like
1: yeah it's, it's really interesting and it's fantastic activation and it's you know um it, it's, it's helping to to appeal to that you know next generation of young adults you know and and i think that's really important it's not just staying as it as it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago it's you know consumers as they as they grow up we'll see the the coca-cola brands um you know in a different way that you know we saw it when we were were growing up and i think that's really important is just continuously evolving continuously um tapping into to different passion points and and key trends um and not resting on your laurels and i think you know those those brands typically are the ones that um you know will 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 be truly successful
0: Great. yeah no, that, that, that's really interesting um well on that point then are, are there any sort of um updates kind of cheeky glimpses into what's coming down the pipeline for uh Costa RTDs that you can share with us today yeah i think um
1: i R T D is um we're we're still pretty young um so we're i think three and a half or maybe the fourth year of 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 launch now um in the uk um and we've got real momentum so the brand's worth you know almost twenty five million pounds at retail um you know it grew at sort of over fifty percent last year um with just about um kind of around ten percent market share of of the rtd category and Great. and growing of of other um other brands more established brands in in that category so we've got real momentum um and you know i think what's really positive for me is it is when you look at you know where that momentum is coming from and you don't want to just be switching from other brands because it's not really yeah. sustainable when we look at the data and, and the insight what's really clear is we're highly incremental to to the rtd category so we're helping to that category category growth which is 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 fantastic so we're you know bringing in the people that love the costa brands um and you know bringing them into into registering category but also people that um you know are, are you know Perhaps don't choose to to go to Costa on a on a regular basis out of home. We're bringing in those people to the category as well. So, so I think for for us, it's you know we've got momentum. I think it's making sure that we continue to drive recruitment to the category. There are some people that just haven't tried the registering category or don't consume it often. So I think it's about twenty five thirty percent um, household penetration mm-hmm. in the UK. So that means you've got kind of seven out of ten people that are just mm-hmm. not buying. It. So you know it's it's really important to. Um, yeah, make sure that we're sampling um, something. Lots putting putting cans in hands of uh... cans in hands. Can we add that to my Malingo, That's a new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, making sure that we're we're doing that because again, you know, there's barriers to the category. Some people you know don't like the idea of cold coffee, and you know, they haven't tried it before. Um, perhaps they're only used to to hot coffee or not even coffee at all. So yeah, you know, once we know that we sample the products, we know that people love it. It's, okay. it's a fantastic. Um, and uh, and you know that that will be a big focus for us this year. You know you'll see heavy heavy sampling um, campaigns. We're also um, uh, really sort of dialing up our, our taste. Um, yeah. So we've got a great uh, a great taste. We had a, a slight change to our formula last year, and we've got you know a really great uh, great great taste. Um, so we're really trying to get that out to as many people as possible. Um, and then also, we've, we're have we kind of still in, in the first year of um, launch of our frappe range, which are more sort of um, uh, slightly more indulgent, uh, slightly thicker in texture. Um, we've got different flavors. We've got a chocolate fudge brownie flavor. We've got a caramel swirl and a smooth coffee flavor. And, and they are amazing products. Um, sounds so like a
0: great kind of... Friday afternoon coffee like this. Yeah, yeah we'll
1: no, honestly, they're, they are. they one of them. Yeah, fantastic product. So we're still, you know, we've just launched those. So, um, you know, really it's, it's you know, making sure that we're driving availability of those, activating those brilliantly with our with our customers. And of course, really strong marketing plans as well to connect with with our key consumers. So you'll see us, you know, at festivals around um, uh, around the country in the summer, uh, see us with with heavy, heavyweight marketing and, and of course, um, in-store presence as well. So really excited uh, about that um, this year. And of course, I mentioned before we've got our 750 mil um sort of in home consumption. I check that card. out. That
0: sounds great. I've not, I've not noticed that yeah.
1: yet. I mean, I'll get some sense to you. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. It's um it's a really really great product. We launched it um, September October time, because um, we can see that there's a lot of consumption in the home uh, of ready to categories. So know, yeah, providing a solution that that taps into that. Um, we know consumers you know working from home, you know having a, a bit of a young. Yeah, in between zoom meetings you know they they haven't got time to make a hot coffee so so you know they grab something yeah. cold in in the summertime so it's a perfect um perfect product and and yeah, really doing well so we're excited to, to see how we can take that forward as well
0: yeah it's interesting point you make about the summer actually because um i am a bit of a fiend for energy drinks i love any tricks a bit of a, like uh, i love chopping the category as well but i didn't really got into like um rtd coffee last summer and I'm um, right. And it was just because it was so hot so baked out in the office just thought i just yeah. fancy a coffee so i started shopping yeah. it and then quickly got into it but um right. it's interesting your point around that kind of halo hero status that you've developed for the, the costa take-home um proposition yeah. because i mean that is the holy grail isn't it that's where you want to be because it's, it's bringing people yeah. in that you know wouldn't buy it normally but um yeah, I, I, I do, I do genuinely uh, love uh, a nice chilled iced coffee now. But I, it's just weird to think, you know, even until last summer, it wasn't something that I was shopping. I was still just always having yeah. a call flat white every time. But uh, there's there's an occasion, isn't there, where, where you want where something just a bit colder, yeah. and it's hot.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. I think that's the thing. You know, um, you know, you discovered it last last summer. There will be people that haven't discovered it at all, at all yeah. yet. You know, and, um, so we we need to make the category relevant for them, and and summer is a great moment to do that. Um but equally there's other other opportunities as well, like um, you know, this Christmas we and, and last Christmas, sorry, um, we launched a gingerbread um R C D can as well, which uh really well. So um again it's kind of tapping into um different occasions, different consumers. And also, you know, we yeah, we're known and loved for for the gingerbread latte in our stores and bringing yeah. that like magic across in, into ready to drink, into into grocery as well is is uh, you know, a, an obvious extension, but a a great one and something that particularly lighter buyers of the category mm. uh, have, uh, have come in through that sort of gingerbread, giving it a
0: try and be like, it's amazing. So yeah, yeah, they start yeah. to... to it's, the it's an iconic cost of labour, like you say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: definitely.
0: What, or what about kind of more broadly um, for, for people that are kind of looking at where you've gone in your career, interest them, they're interested in what you've, you've been delivering and achieving. What qualities do they need to develop as leaders to, to stand out and to kind of put in the... The bedrock of, of sort of character development to then achieve moving into those leadership positions, you know, in marketing, commercial layer lay in in their careers.
1: Yeah, so I think I think um, I think for me that there's three big qualities of a of a great commercial leader, if if you like. I think one is being able to kind of set a clear strategy and roadmap and, and vision for for where you want to go as a business, as a team. Um, so I think. I think having a really clear vision and then um, some simple KPIs that uh, the, the team can all kind of galvanize around. Uh, I think that's really important. So you're really clear on where you're going, what you're trying to do, and then what the measures of success are. And it sounds really basic, but but it's something that's really important. I think it sets a foundation because you know then how you're tracking, regardless of what yeah. function you sit in or, or part of the team. Um, and having that kind of long-term vision is is really important. So I think that you know the best leaders me set that vision set that framework and and the key kpis um, amongst that i think the second thing is a great leader is aware of their kind of leadership shadow as well so um you know the the presence they have the culture that they um are creating because it is you know often the leaders that are, are creating that culture so i think um you know, being respectful to people being calm under pressure inviting challenge listening to others um uh you know being open to being wrong i think in, including um you know everyone in, in sort of uh, key topics or decisions or, or, or culturally um i think is really important so i think it, i think that's that's really important just in terms of being aware of as i say this kind of leadership shadow um is, is really important so be aware of the impacts that you have on on others and it's again it's relatively basic it's just being human right but it's i think it's really important that um you know as, as as a leader and as someone progressing through their career you're constantly aware of that and then i think the third thing is, is something probably i'm still working on is just trying to sort of ruthlessly prioritize because i think yeah. the best leaders are um are those that say no to stuff as well as saying yes yeah. um i think setting uh, a, a really clear like i say strategy vision and then being clear on the things that are going to deliver that um and being okay to say actually you know it's a great idea and you know we should be doing it but actually we, we haven't got enough um resource investment or or you know we're too busy focusing on on the big things that are really going to make the difference yeah. that we're going to part um until you know a later point so so i think being clear prioritizing and and just being clear on stuff we're going to do and stuff that we're not going to do, and saying and being okay to say no, um and it's amazing actually what a difference that can make. You know, there's an example recently where we, you know, I really wanted to do something would have would have looked great on uh, on shelf um would have driven an uplift, but there's some other things that actually were bigger to get after and and do, and and we needed to focus on. And you know, a quick conversation between myself and a colleague, and and we killed killed it and we said no let's let's park it and let's do it next year or, or come back to at yeah. a later point um and and actually that's that's then really clear for, for you know ourselves and the team that we're not going to do that now that's off the priority list and um and we've you know doubled down on on the kind of key priorities that we've got uh, in the plan so um that's probably saved that just that half an hour call was probably saved you know months of of work yeah. um uh, and i think that's important
0: yeah, that's no, a great point you make about being ruthless with the priorities because um, it's it's a really difficult balance, I think, when, when you start to involve people. And I say be aware of your shadow and try and develop uh, a more inclusive approach to leadership, that there are more opportunities naturally for distractions. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting what you make, it's kind of basic human stuff. It's it's kind of basic in how obvious it is, but it's actually really difficult to execute and it requires a lot of self-reflection. Um, I mean, we're yeah. really a company of 10, but gosh, I, I found it hard as we've hired people to kind of start to bridge that gap between bringing people into things. So I can only imagine what it's like over different strata in a bigger company. And um, yeah. it's so I must come back to, like you were saying, the first point around being aware of the culture you're building. Because I, I suppose if you've, yeah. you've not got the culture that supports that sort of self-reflective approach, it becomes difficult, is not it, to instill those values into that uh, kind of layer of deal yeah. around you. I, th- I think so, completely. And you know, I'm, I've been very fortunate in the, the businesses I've worked in, and
1: and, and working now. But the culture's been been great, and and it en- enables that um, honest conversation. You know, um, you know, whether it's with your line manager or in a team environment, um, you, you know, that you can say, Yeah, you know, how are you feeling? And there's there's kind of rules and techniques to to be able to encourage that, and um, uh, and that's kind of welcomed in in the businesses. So I think because of that, you get a better overall outcome um and you know you're you're able to discuss and debate things and then and make decisions and, and then move on and i think that's that's really important and like you say the cult the culture um is critical to that being um a success but once you've got it it, it definitely um it definitely but you're constantly kind of raising the bar i think between yourself and, and the team
0: yeah yeah well it- Zoom show, we have only got a minute left. So, uh, right. that's kind of that, that's, the end. that's the end of saying my, my kind of outline as well. But it's been a really interesting chat. Thank you so much for your time coming on the show today. Yeah. And for anyone that's enjoyed listening and watching, please do reach out to Mark. Thank him for his time. And most importantly, go and try out some Costa at home products yeah. and enjoy them. Let us know what we think as we well. yeah. get stuck in. it? The-